So when I walk in, the doors close behind me. The two women border guards who were there earlier are actually in the office and they start talking to me quite, you know, normally, not aggressively or anything, but like, uh, yeah, we see where your passport has been changed. They show me, you know, the, the picture, whatever. And uh, I guess there's some sort of plastic over it there. And uh, yeah, we see that your passport has been changed. We know that it's uh, not your passport. Uh, we're just wondering uh, why you would come to Ukraine on a fake Irish passport as a Russian in the current political circumstances. Experience. And welcome back to another episode of the Volka Falcast with me, Connor Klein. This is the Sar Experience, and in today's episode, I'm going to be getting in, delving in deep into my first experience in this country. I'm actually speaking to you from Odessa in Ukraine. I'm sitting here in the beautiful green theater. Um, Zeloni Theater here in Park Shevchenko. Uh, they've kind of let me in to actually film here. Normally you're not allowed to film in the, in the actual theater itself. So that's kind of a nice thing. So thank you everybody there for letting me in and letting me uh, film here today. Big thumbs up for them. Uh, so one of the reasons I started making this uh, vodcast series is because basically because you asked for it. A lot of you, I polled you and uh, you were really enthusiastic about the opportunity to get to, you know, know me a good bit better. Uh, and exactly my background and how I can, you know, with these stories uh, inspire you in one way to come here to Eastern Europe and also to give you good practical advice in a longer format um, where you really understand where I'm coming from as opposed to say a five minute video, seven minute video where I kind of try to be really succinct and punchy uh, and it kind of detracts a little bit from really explaining in detail about uh, my point of view and where it comes from and how it relates to you. Uh, so basically if you're new here to the channel, Go ahead and press the subscribe button. It helps the channel out a good bit and make sure that you've also uh, tickled that notification bell because uh, that way you get notified. And this is, as I said, well, I haven't said yet, but this is actually going to be split into two parts. Uh, so <laughs> you're going to need to be notified to um, learn when the second part of this episode is, uh, is released next week. Uh, so you want to go ahead and do that now. It helps the channel out a lot, so I really appreciate it. So one of the things when I put out the poll was that you wanted more anecdotes. And I think especially relevant are the anecdotes uh, and stories that I have from traveling here before I learned how to speak Russian properly. and before I actually understood uh, a lot about the culture, like the daily culture of the people here. And what was it like when I first came on my trip here to Ukraine, well, traveling here to Ukraine overall. So in today's uh, episode and one that we continued next week in part two, I'm gonna be giving you a really good detail over my first crazy, insane trip to this country. Um, it was a whirlwind adventure. A lot of people questioned why I ever came back because so many things happened to me. Some amazing, some really, really, um, well, you'll, I'm going to get into them now, but definitely uh, traumatic, I guess you can say. Um, so I want to explain where, I, where, where I'm coming from. In the other episodes of the podcast, i given you a little bit of overview that I had actually studied um, some Russian at university when I was in the States. And then I was actually there studying um, international relations and I had a specialization in the former Soviet Union in effect. It's called the New Eurasia. 
and so that prepared me really well to understand the politics of the region and the grand scheme of things in international affairs where Ukraine, the Baltics, um, where Russia, you know, the, obviously the success, successor state to the Soviet Union, where they're all placed. And I said that really well. And when I was actually in Washington, of course, I, you know, it's a very, uh, it's a very diplomatic city in the sense that there are a lot of diplomats there. And, you know, I got to meet and have dinner with the former president of Estonia, who had been a dissident. So I, you know, was really au fait with a lot of the politics and this part of the element of the, the culture, we can call it, in the region. Then after that, I was actually working as a lawyer at the European Commission in Brussels. I did have some work that also uh, concerned um, Ukraine and Kazakhstan and other countries in the region and Russia, of course. So I was really like on the political side and on the economic side, really, really up to date. But that did not prepare me for my first trip here very well at all because it lured me into a false sense of security. And let's get into it. So um, I had flown to Poland on my first trip. I was going to actually originally supposed to travel with my ex-girlfriend uh, who's German and uh, the relationship didn't work out. We had planned to go to Crimea together in the south of Ukraine. And this is obviously before Russia annexed uh, Crimea. So it was not just de jure in Ukraine, but actually de facto. It was a, a, an autonomous republic in Ukraine um, at the time. So uh, that didn't work out. And I was kind of like, well, what am I going to do this summer? Um, and I suddenly find myself single. Um, my original plan was to go to Crimea. So I said, you know, I'm just going to do the same trip I had planned. I'll just do it on my own. So I was going to travel on my own to the former Soviet Union. We had previously traveled together, my ex-girlfriend and I, uh, to St. Petersburg in Russia. And we had traveled up through the Baltics to get there and back down. She had a fear of flying, so we had to do everything over land, which was absolutely fine by me because it's just an opportunity to see all the amazing cities on the way. So that wasn't really an issue. But traveling home was definitely going to be a different experience, of course. And I did speak a little bit of Russian. I had studied it, but it wasn't very good. It was like really on the com European common framework of languages, probably just like, I don't know, A2 to A1, um, which is like basic beginner's level, but really basic beginner's level. So I was able to, you know, in theory, order in restaurants and, you know, greet people and all that kind of stuff and uh, understand a certain amount, but I definitely wasn't going to be, uh, you know, able to have deep conversations or really uh, engage very well with local people. And I was traveling my own, so it was going to be obviously important on the trip. Um, and this is one of the reasons I really encourage you to, to learn Russian. Um, it definitely helped the level I have, but as I'll describe, it definitely would have been better, especially traveling my own at the time. This is a few years ago. Now, this is in 2009, my first trip. A lot less people than today speak English, um, spoke English at the time in Ukraine. And actually, the biggest complaint I still get from clients here or friends is that they come and the language barrier is the biggest thing that they face here, especially if they want to talk to girls in general, especially in Odessa. Uh, that's what they all say. So really, I encourage you, of course, um, I'll link down. You know what? I'm going to link in the show notes if you're listening to this or if you're watching this on YouTube. I'm going to link below a lot of the resources I personally use to learn Russian and Ukrainian. You can go check them out. I also have reviews on the channel of most of them. Um, so I'll just link that below, below in the description to the video. So if you are interested and motivated to learn Russian, you can just go down there and take a look. And actually, I'm going to set up a Russian Academy pretty soon. So um, I will also put that link there in due course. If you're watching this in a couple of months, then you'll also be able to go and look at that. Now, I flew to Eastern Poland. I actually went to Auschwitz, uh, close to Krakow. And uh, that was a pretty traumatic experience. But that's not for today's video, um, because that's in modern day Poland. And after um, 
having visited that and actually been in pretty low uh, spirits um, as one would expect after visiting a uh, former Nazi extermination camp. I took a bus um, from Krakow. First I took the train to a border town which had an unpronounceable name um, which I'm not going to butcher and offend everyone Polish who's watching this right now but uh, from there I took a bus and uh, you know I managed to order the ticket in Russian because they were they seem to be Ukrainians um, who were selling the tickets there and they spoke to me in Ukrainian and, and in Polish and I didn't understand either. Uh, so I'm sitting on the back of this bus and I'm really excited because I think, okay, I'm going to go to Ukraine. I've never been there before. Uh, I'm traveling on my own. I'm going to go to Lviv. I think I looked up online to get an apartment there. Now at the time, Ukraine was not as cheap as it is today relative. Uh, it was probably even, was at least the same price of Krakow, Lviv at the time, maybe even a little bit more expensive. Um, so that's something to bear in mind about how things have changed since my experience in 2009. It definitely wasn't a, low, a super low cost uh, destination back then. So I was really excited just to, just to go to Ukraine. I'd read a good bit about it. Obviously there have been the revolution in 2004, the Orange Revolution, which I'd watched from afar. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna go to this country. You know, I'm kind of a travel geek in a way, so I'm, super, I'm just excited if I go somewhere new in general. So I'm on the bus um, to cross the border near to Lviv, and it was a rather strange bus. Like, there were, everyone seemed to know each other on the bus. They're all Ukrainians, and they all had these things in black um black plastic bags and they had passed them all around amongst each other and one of them had kind of said if i wanted one i was just like no <laughs> i'm not going to touch something that's covered in black plastic to go through an international border i don't even know what it is it's not like they're offering me money or something to do it so uh there were four polish tourists uh, who were on the back of the bus who spoke some english and spoke to me um and i kind of whatever was uh, i'm quite tired after my trip and a little bit drained in poland so i get to the border and there were two women border guards too, the lady border guards got on and they spoke to me in Ukrainian. At the time you needed a little slip of paper, um, like an entry and exit card for the country. This is no longer needed uh, for those of you who are of course traveling with North American or European passport. And for most nationalities I don't think you need this anymore. But at the time it was visa free for 90 days every 180, but you still had this little slip of paper that you had to fill in. And, um, and apparently show to the uh, immigration officials. I didn't understand that um, very well when they were asking me. They were, and uh, there was a place that said, uh, where would I exit the country? And I was like, oh, I don't know when I'm going to exit. I'm you know, just basically traveling over land. Maybe I'll leave in three weeks. Maybe I'll leave in four weeks. Um, maybe I'll leave by Odessa. Maybe I'll leave by another place, right? So uh, the woman beside me, just, just write something down, right? Because otherwise they will annoy you. So I was like, I put some random place on a certain date. Uh, and then I basically chilled in the back of the bus. A few minutes later, <clears throat> a big, burly Ukrainian border guy gets on. He looks around and he goes, Irlandsky passport. Um, maybe even said in Russian, but that's the way it sounded to me. And I kind of put up my hand and I said, yeah, it's my passport. And he's like, I guess he said like Pashli or something. And then we got off the bus together. Uh, at that stage, I had answered to the Ukrainian border guards in my pidgin Russian, in my very basic Russian. So, uh, because I didn't speak Ukrainian and they, they seem to speak Ukrainian and Polish to everyone else on the bus. Uh, so I go into this office, it's all a bit strange and a little bit intimidating because, you know, I'm, it's my first trip to the country, right? And I already even pull off the bus because I have an Irish passport. Um, so I go into, follow the big stocky uh, Ukrainian border guard into the office. Uh, the guy had a neck this thick and um, I just remember walking behind and seeing his thick neck and kind of, I'm following in behind him. So when I walk in, the door is closed behind me. 
the two women border guards who were there earlier are actually in the office and they start talking to me quite you know normally not aggressively or anything but like uh, yeah we see where your passport has been changed they should show me you know the the picture whatever and uh, I guess there's some sort of plastic over it there and uh, yeah we see that your passport has been changed we know that it's uh, not your passport uh, we're just wondering uh, why you would come to Ukraine on a fake Irish passport as a Russian in the current political circumstances now this is pre-Euromaidan obviously this is back in 2009 before the latest revolution in Ukraine which was to the end of 2013 beginning of 2014 I was actually there for that but I think that's a different story to get into in another episode of the podcast um, but at the time there was no like this before you know the war in the east of Ukraine in Donbass and of course the annexation of Crimea but there's obviously very tense diplomatic relations between the two countries uh, following the you, um, Orange Revolution in 2004 where the pro-Russian president, pro president uh, Yanukovych uh, eventually uh, wasn't elected and uh, Yushchenko who was pro-European um, was elected in his place so uh, Yushchenko was the president he'd actually gotten rid of the visas for Europeans and North Americans so this was obviously politics at the time and I'm standing there going um, hmm with a moy passport and basically you guys can hear my accent and I'm obviously not Russian whatsoever I hardly speak Russian my Russian is terrible and obviously this I'm really Irish and this is my passport here uh, what are you guys talking about basically and they were pretty much adamant yeah you've been trained uh, to pretend that you're a foreigner um, it's, it's normal that you're trained to have an accent and um, yeah we just want to know why you're here on your fake passport so this stage I'm pretty like shocked I mean basically I've arrived in the country I'm at the border and now they're accusing me basically of being some sort of spy which sounds kind of glamorous I mean you know, people have images of James Bond but it's not really glamorous if you're on a you know a dusty border crossing and you just you're tired and you just want to go and you're traveling somewhere legitimately and they start you know questioning uh, your identity and whether you're actually uh, basically um, committing espionage uh, so I'm there and you know at the beginning I'm like this is this is just funny right I mean I'm obviously I'm not Russian obviously I'm not a spy whatever uh, but they were they were really insistent and um, they were like yeah just you just gotta explain why you would do this why would, you would be here on a fake Irish passport uh, and of course I tried several times in my not great Russian to explain uh, that I, this was really my passport and eventually they said okay sign your signature so you know I signed my signature I'm like, oh, there you go. This should put an end to all of this problems and this, you know confusion. Uh, and they're like, aha, the, the two signatures are different. The one in your passport is not the same as the one you've just signed. And in fact, my passport was quite old. It was probably eight or nine years old at the time, and I had had you know a completely different signature um, apparently uh, eight or nine years previously and I hadn't realized that because I don't look at my passport so often to see the signature that's there and they were completely different and I was like oh this really might be a problem now because I just signed the wrong signature and I was like try, I started trying to explain it uh, in the sense of hey like my Russian reader wasn't good enough to do this but I was trying to explain hey um, yeah I changed my uh, signature and they were kind of looking confused and I just said you know what screw this they're clearly the same signature and they were looking at they're completely different what do you mean I was like if you get an expert in they will tell you that that's written by the same person because three three points on the signatures are identical so it's written by the same person and they looked at each other like 
bemused by the whole thing, by my claim, because there are obviously completely different signatures. Uh, and then eventually they just told me to wait outside, waited outside. I was thinking, I was actually concerned the bus was going to leave all my stuff. I had no idea what happens in these situations. They just leave you uh, on the border to sort it out and dump your suitcase there. Um, but anyways, I was worried they're actually going to leave with it. Um, so I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, um, I'm actually just standing outside the door, not sitting. And uh, eventually the, one of the border guards comes back, one of the women, and she hands me my passport. There's kind of no words exchanged at all. I kind of look at her, take the passport, and I'm just like, hop back on the bus. I'm like, oh God, I got my passport back. And the woman who had told me on the bus to just fill in anything about when I was leaving, she was like, hey, everything okay? Did you have to give them money or something? I was like, no, 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 in the end, everything's cool. Don't worry about it. Uh, everything worked out pretty well uh, while I'm back on the bus and I have my passport and you guys are still here. So I was pretty happy. Uh, and then the bus started to creep forward. This woman got off with her friend. There was like these old toilets, right? I could see one of the, you know, the, the letters for one male and female um, on the other side. And she went into them the man side of the, the toilet. So this is just like stone concrete um, uh, toilet entries. I guess inside there's probably some hole in the wall, something really disgusting that I never want to see. Because um, <laughs> I've seen them, um, you know, side of the roads at these kind of uh, stops in Ukraine or Moldova or somewhere, not the kind of experience that, you know, you associate with being in Europe uh, anymore, for sure. Uh, and then suddenly she stuck her head back out, look left, look right, and then with her friend, they ran back on the bus with more bags, these black plastic bags full of stuff, and I couldn't see what was in it. And my Russian really wasn't good enough to start getting engaged in a conversation about what was in there, as no one spoke English on the bus. Um, so um, basically, then a, a customs officer got, got on maybe 100 meters later, and they all were like, um, yeah, who owns this bag? Who owns that bag? And they were like, oh, this is mine, this is mine, this is mine guy never looked inside in any of them and then we rolled on towards Lviv in western Ukraine and the bus actually stopped like five times on the way to unload what was ever in these black <laughs> plastic bags and um, everyone was getting paid off um, openly in cash the bus driver all the people around so they're basically all smugglers basically there were really only five passengers on this bus uh, that's my entry to to Ukraine I arrived in Lviv um, really beautiful city I'm gonna I have vlogs about that I'll link them up in a card somewhere here on YouTube if you're watching it I'll put it in the show notes if you're listening to this and um, yeah that was my entry to um, Ukraine. That was the first experience being accused of being a Russian spy here. How ironic. Uh, if you got to know me, you know that definitely is not the case. Um, who I would be spying for if I were a spy. And I would be too obvious to be a spy. So that was my entry to the country. I was like, wow, you know, what, a, what an introduction, right? First day. So later on, I go to... Um, Kazantip. Kazantip is a music festival that used to exist. It um, was held in Crimea, in the Crimean Peninsula. As I've said, Crimea has since been annexed by Russia. That's disputed internationally, of course. It's not legally recognized. Uh, so it's still de jure or legally part of Ukraine. But at the time, there was no ambiguity about this. It was uh, de facto in Ukraine as well and an autonomous republic. And they had this amazing music festival um, down in the south of uh, the country and I went there and I, you know this is in, the, in in this episode I'm giving you some of the crazy stuff that happened that was you know basically uh, disturbing right being accused of being a spy first of all but Kazan Tip as an experience and I think I'll just go into that in another episode because otherwise it's going to be a huge long 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 video but that
time for this music festival. It was really, really, really cool. Um, but that's the reason I went to Crimea. And then afterwards, I went to the city of Sevastopol. And that's when things really, really became crazy. So, well done. It's the end of part one of this two-part episode of the Vodka Vodcast. It's quite long, so I've divided it split into two parts. Uh, episode nine, where I'm telling you my stories about my very first trip to this country, to Ukraine. I'm here in Odessa, actually very, I'm actually in uh, Park Shevchenko, and that behind me is the Green Theater. If you're new to the channel, go ahead and squeeze that subscribe button, that red button there, and whack the notification bell so that you're notified when part two of this episode um, is published next week. If you have not um, gone and looked at my free training courses, take a look below in the description. There are actually three of them there, one for languages, one for travel, and one for dating here in Ukraine and Eastern Europe. So, uh, gonna looking forward to seeing all of your smiling, enthusiastic faces in part two of this episode. See you next week. Desvidanya. Sar Experience.